This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. And this week we caught up with Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, timely talking about the flooding that that state is dealing with and so many different issues. And one of the key ones is attracting investment to his state. You know, you can't separate any of these issues, the social, the political and the economic not an easy job Asa Hutchinson has. So a lot to talk about with him. We started, though, with the flooding facing that state this week. Well, we're getting through it. The, the community, the uh, neighbors are doing such a great job in sandbagging, building up the levees, uh, putting the protective measures in place. So it's really a team effort right now in preparation because the uh, the flooding down the Arkansas River is going to just gradually Uh, move down the river to record levels that we've never seen before. So this is all uncharted territory. and uh, I've seen it described as near-catastrophic flooding. uh, Well, that's right. Uh, You know, there was one homeowner that uh, was understood there was a risk of flooding, so they were able to go to a house on higher ground. The only problem is the flooding is going to reach the higher ground in this instance. And so uh, everybody's pulling together right now. It, It uh, the uh, sandbagging, but also people are simply just moving uh, all their furniture out of their homes, anticipating the flooding that's coming. And obviously there's a, a human cost to this, but economically, how do you deal with something like this? And, and how long will it take the state to recover from that perspective? Well, here's the, the, the problem that uh, you have lost business opportunities. You've got uh, farmers that's going to suffer crop loss. And, you know, the federal government has some assistance, but it's mm-hmm. usually in the form of loans, right. and that's not what farmers need, more debt. So you've got that issue. And then homeowners, if they don't have flood insurance, then, uh, you know, there's not uh, much assistance that comes later from the federal government. And so there's a, a, a great loss that's out there, and there might be an inability to recover mm-hmm. those losses. And so that's what we'll be measuring as I go back uh, to Arkansas uh, we'll be first dealing with uh, the preventive efforts now, but then in the response side, we'll be measuring uh, the extent of the flooding and the damage later this week, starting that process. But it's going to be with us for uh, a long time. Governor mm-hmm. Hutchinson, we've seen municipalities, we've seen states taking efforts because of global warming, climate change, increased exposure to flooding. Some of them are buying out homes to just kind of get them off the market and not let newer other people maybe buy into areas that are prone to flooding. Are you guys looking at measures to kind of really protect your citizens against future flooding uh, moves and actions? Well, citizens make pretty good judgments. Uh, No, they don't. Well, (laughs) no, they don't. And I'm not saying your citizens, but if we look around the country, no, they don't. Because it it tends to be poorer areas. So it's unfortunately folks that maybe don't have the means that are often exposed the most. Well, I expect as people rebuild that they will look for higher ground. That was my point. And uh, and obviously that's not true in every case, but uh, I think they'll rethink exactly where they're located with this new flood level that we've, we're experiencing. Uh, but, you know, in, I think the main thing that we have to do is that we've had a levee system that has been built uh, not for this level right. of flooding. And exactly. so uh, we need the, the Corps of Engineers. We need some federal assistance in that mitigation and flood control that's at a new new height that we've never seen before. Will it happen again? We sure 
can't bank on the fact that it might not happen again because uh, we've got to be uh, we've got to be prepared. All right, let's talk a little bit about economic development because it's been a clear priority for you. It feels like economic development, and I say this as a as a repatriated to the North Southerner, like it has it's taken many forms over the past you know 30, 50 years. We had a whole uh, spate of car plants uh, opening, a lot of recruitment around that. You've taken a little bit of a different approach. It feels like over the uh, past few years. Help us understand what's underneath that. What types of jobs are you looking to bring into the state? Well, Arkansas is ranked sixth in the nation in terms of the percent of the workforce that has experience in manufacturing. So we make things Mm -hmm. and we're good at it. And uh, we got a manufacturing workforce that is able to attract more industry in. We've never been able to attract yet a uh, full uh, automobile manufacturing plant into Arkansas, but we have a lot of uh, manufacturers that are in the supply chain. And so I expect and hope that that's in our future. But in the meantime, uh, we have uh, CZ USA, that uh, Czech Republic company uh, that uh, built is building their first manufacturing facility in Arkansas. We have Sig Sauer that came uh, from New Hampshire and built a, a premium ammunition plant. Uh, so we've recruited a lot of different industries to Arkansas, and I'm very proud of those because those are new jobs. They're good-paying jobs. And then uh, with the economic climate that we have, we've lowered corporate taxes. We lowered individual taxes this legislative session. Uh, we're in a better position to uh, attract uh, quality, uh, skilled workers as well as new companies to come to our state. What, what kind of incentives are companies requiring or, or asking for in order to come to your state? Well, it is competitive. If there is a, uh, a new expansion that they're looking at multiple states to locate in, uh, they're looking for partly the best deal uh, in terms of what state will help in, uh, in, in incentive programs, but they're also looking at the biggest issue is the workforce. Who can supply the number of workers they need and are they skilled at the right level? Uh, and and so we're able to provide and compete with the incentive side, but we don't go overboard on it. We make sure there's a good return for the state, that they create the jobs that uh, they say they're going to create. And uh, I think we've got a good balance there. We like to compete. We like to win. And uh, we've got some proof of that. Well, because I do wonder if you think, and you know, we've had a lot of uh, discussions with various uh, CEOs about what went wrong with Amazon in New York. Like, I wonder if you look at other companies in other states and how they were handled and you say, okay, here's where they went wrong. Well, first of all, I'll just say I love Walmart building their new global <laughs> campus. And uh, they didn't do a search. They just said, we're building it and we're building it right here in Arkansas. And so, uh, you know, that's that's a, a good Arkansas entrepreneur story that's been very successful. But, you know, we look at uh, sometimes we don't win and wh- why did we lose it? And you know, one instant, it was an automobile manufacturer, and they needed a pre-ready uh, site immediately of over a 1,000 acres. And, uh, you know, another state had it available, and we didn't. They were moving quicker mm-hmm. than we were able to. So part of it is that preparation and investment early. So we'll get there, uh, but I like the way that we're developing the supply chain uh, that's in the automobile manufacturing, in, uh, but also uh, the aerial defense industry. I mm-hmm. mean, people don't realize uh, that with Dassault Falcon Jet, with Aerojet Rocketdyne, uh, with uh, uh, some of these great uh, uh, 
uh, companies in the defense industry, they're located right in Arkansas and are producing, and that's a growing part of the economy. So, Governor, you, you mentioned manufacturing, you mentioned defense, you mentioned agriculture earlier. All of these are areas that stand to be impacted, may already be impacted by the trade war uh, going on. Help us understand the economic impact in Arkansas so far and what you're bracing yourself for should this continue. Well, obviously, it's hurt us in the farming economy. Uh, 60% of our exports in soybeans go to China. And so the price drop, uh, the export drop has hurt us. Uh, it has hurt us in terms of manufacturing. I can name uh, multiple companies that have put expansions on the table because uh, the tariffs and their cost of uh, goods is going up and they can't just pass that along. So the uncertainty created some delay. And then thirdly, in terms of foreign direct investment, uh, we've been very successful in that, but that's slowed down because of global uncertainty in terms of tariffs. And so you get hit from a number of different ways. Now, notwithstanding that, uh, we've been successful. Our economy is growing. We're creating jobs. It's low unemployment. Uh, but, you know, you have to look long term and say, uh, we've got to be just as successful in our trade agreement with China as the president has been uh, with the new NAFTA agreement uh, that has been signed that is of great benefit and very important, and it results in zero tariffs. That's the direction. When you talk, speaking of the USMCA, when you talk to your former colleagues uh, back in the House of Representatives, do you get a sense that they are going to pass something? How confident are you that they're going to ratify that agreement? Well, I believe uh, the the Republican side, absolutely, yes, they're ready to go. Well, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. a given. But you know how it works. <laughs> well, and, but but you know the uh, there's some Democrats that just don't want the president to have a victory. Hmm. Uh, that's part of it. And uh, is it that much better an agreement? Well, it is a much better agreement than what uh, we lived with under NAFTA. Everybody recognizes that, and you got. Uh, uh, Canada and Mexico signed on to it. I am hoping that Canada can go ahead and keep the momentum going by by ratifying it themselves mm -hmm. because they needed to have the zero tariffs then right. return to zero tariffs. The administration has agreed to that. Well, it's interesting. I was listening to you talk to David Weston because we know that the president in the past has been supportive or been a supporter of tariffs. Does that make you a little nervous? <laughs> well, yes, it makes me nervous. And that's why I continue to repeat uh, with different media and every chance I have the pulpit that uh, the goal of a of the battle and negotiation of trade agreements should be zero tariffs or lower tariffs. Uh, that has to be the goal. And sometimes the president wavers from that and says, well, maybe we'll end up with tariffs. That's a bad idea. We need to negotiate good agreements that result in low tariffs and global trade and enforcement mechanisms. Do you get worried that we are going into a tech cold war? Because there's been certainly a pushback from the administration, whether it's Huawei or some other uh, tech companies, Chinese tech companies, and that an economy like yours, an ag economy, or that where ag is very important, agriculture, um, that you're kind of getting caught up in that. Uh, there's a lot of different aspects to the trade war. I mean, intellectual property, right. uh, and, and 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 we recognize that uh, this is the, really the problem that China has. That if you're going to have enforcement of IP protections, you've got to have transparency. Well, uh, the status government in China resists transparency, and so the president is right in in pushing hard on this. 
because we have to have uh, the WTO, the enforcement mechanism that's in place that requires that transparency. So yes, uh, I'm, I'm worried about how long this is going to go on. And uh, I hope that it can end and we can declare victory. I have to go ahead. You want to? No, go ahead. I want to ask one question because it's kind of near and dear to me. And that has been the pushback on abortion. And I know you guys just recently uh, signed a law uh, banning most abortions 18 weeks into a woman's pregnancy. Everybody has every state has their right to do what they want to do. But I do wonder if you as you are trying to attract foreign investment, investment from around the country, are you concerned about these social issues and social questions and social concerns? Because we've seen companies push back at cities, at states, where they don't necessarily agree with either the diversity issues, LGBTQ uh, issues. And I do wonder if you worry about companies saying, we're not comfortable with your stance on abortion, the state's stance, and what that might do for bringing investment in. Well, thus far, we haven't experienced that as any issue or challenge at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as to whether that is a topic of the future, I think it depends. I don't expect that in terms of the uh, abortion equation. Uh, in fact, in Arkansas, I think we handled it very reasonably. Uh, we went from 20 weeks uh, down to 18 in terms of prohibition, but we also put in the exceptions of rape, incest, as well as the uh, medical conditions of the mother. You contrast that with some other states that went a much more extreme direction without those exceptions. And, and so we're following science as it advances in terms of health care and viability. Recognize the Supreme Court can readdress this at some point. So I think we've taken a, a, a good approach and we have not had any negative feedback on it. That was Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.